Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of If Memory Serves here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. I'm Taylor, and with me as he is every month when we, well, feels like it's been more than a month, but we wander back through the hazy halls and memories of growing up in the Bay Area in the 80s and 90s. This time he's the Mr. Wizard to my Mr. Haney. It's my brother, Seb. Seb, what's happening? Hey, you know, I've just been uh, reminiscing about the good old days, the 80s and the 90s, when you could walk into a store and buy a roll of toilet paper, you know? <laughs> the good yeah. old nostalgia feelings of yeah. being able to buy, you know, hand sanitizer, things like that. Yeah. Uh, or, or some people call it February. February, right, that too. Um, so, yeah, things of you know, things are, it's weird. It's, you know, obviously, you know, and in some regards, hopefully this episode will be in a sense a little bit of a time capsule hopefully in the future things will get back to normal but for now things are kind of kind of scary you know with all of the uh with the national emergency and the pandemic you know um i mean we're all kind of sheltering in place you know i know you've been having to do a lot of i guess homeschooling for the kids and stuff it sounds like yeah yeah learning from home working from home in fact um i mean let's just be honest folks i mean when we recorded a month ago um yeah we might have made a couple of little coronavirus jokes and um what a difference a month makes yeah it's not really funny anymore (laughs) this past month has been the longest year of my life um although i will have to say i mean i i think i've gotten to the stage where i'm not so much scared of like friends and loved ones maybe like dying but more like scared of like the handful of businesses still around from our childhood dying maybe uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely get that. Um, yeah. You know, there's certainly a, a stress and everything that goes with it. And folks, I'll be honest, I mean, I want us to be an escape uh, from all this for all of you. Um, but but we haven't really had a chance to talk about it right. um, on this show. I'll be honest, my last week, I had my first stress dream about it. And the oh, dream, really? yeah, the dream was simply being in a store full of people. Oh, wow. Like it was that simple. There wasn't like any sort of terror. It's not like people were turning into zombies or anything weird like that. Mm-hmm. It literally was, oh my God, I'm in a store and there are people really close to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what the heck? Yeah. Is this was this what we've come to? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've since we're at the end of the third week now. Why obviously we're recording a little late. Um, we had planned to record last weekend, um, but uh, Seb very nobly was uh, down in San Jose helping mom and dad out because dad was in having some surgery. Yep. Um, um, yeah. Since the basically the thirteenth of March, uh, where it was like, okay, uh, we're gonna do this for like what um, a few weeks. It would have been. It would have been now. Mm. You know, uh, or or the end of next week because you know kids have spring break and stuff. And in that time, you know, my work finally embraced working from home Mm -hmm. and was like, if you can do it, do it, make sure to treat it like work. Well, yes, of course. Um, uh, uh, Amber's school district, obviously all the California school districts now have shifted to uh, remote learning Mm -hmm. and the what, what shelter in place has now been extended through like first of May, third of May, something like that. And um, the schools themselves, they're like, no, we're going to go ahead and just spend the rest of this school year doing mm-hmm. distance learning. 
right, right. Um, which is kind of crazy. So I would not be surprised if our May date gets extended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just kind of rolling with it at this point. I've got a pretty decent setup to get stuff done. I know you, you're a pretty essential employee, but they've kind of done some uh, adjustments for you guys too, right? Yeah. Um, at my place of work, they've closed all of our public counters, but we're still open and provide public services electronically. Mm-hmm. But my coworkers and I, we, on average, work from home four days a week and work in the office one day a week with the skeleton crew. That's not too bad. Um, so it's not too bad. And, you know, I mean, compared to the millions of other Americans who work in the private sector who have mm-hmm. lost their jobs, I mean, I'm really not hurting at all in that sense. I mean, my heart really goes out to them. And maybe even some of our listeners are struggling with these issues as well. Yeah, definitely. I know I've got some friends who, you know, are elsewhere in the country who are also podcasters and stuff and who work in the healthcare industry. And, Mm. um, you know, some of the stories I hear and, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really heartbreaking. It's really stressful. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you've got friends, you want to not have them go through this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, you can, you can be there as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on some level, I don't know, we've all just kind of managed on, on our own, but, mm-hmm. you know, definitely, um, you know, if, if, if you dear listener are, um, an essential person, if you are in a, in a job where you have to go in every day, um, first, thank you. Yeah. Uh, from, from the bottoms of our hearts, uh, thank you and be careful, be safe. We want you to be around for many, many, many years to come. Um, and not just as a listener, just in general. Um, yeah. So, you know, hang in there, everybody be safe, be cautious. Um, as much as I love a good conspiracy theory, don't treat this as a conspiracy theory. This is very real. Right. Um, yeah, let's, should we get on to some lighter fare? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, um, let's do it. Okay. Let's, let's take a look at what's going on in the news. Um, and obviously, some of this, some of this may be slightly inaccurate. I, 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 I was just gonna say, yeah, because actually, the first thing in our news segment was something that I saw online, which now I'm probably wondering if that's gonna be delayed because it sounds like everybody left and right in the entertainment industry is kind of getting laid off permanently or temporarily. But um, as of a couple weeks ago, Variety was reporting that. Um, uh, Canada's greatest, in my opinion, sketch comedy troupe, Kids in the Hall, were coming to, yeah. back together for a revival uh, for a, an Amazon series. Um, Which is and, very exciting. Oh, totally amazing. Because it's just like, I mean, I, I guess it was the early 90s when that show was shown on the, the Comedy Central, I guess. Yeah. I guess. And that's where I watched it. Mm-hmm. We, we, we both that's watched it. That's where we watched it, yeah. And it was just like, I mean, it's basically like my favorite sketch comedy troupe like after Monty Python, I would say. You know? I, I, you know, I, and I feel like as much as that has been a part of our upbringing, um, we haven't really talked about kids in the hall much. So maybe, no, maybe we yeah. need to dedicate an episode to them and maybe dedicate an episode of Monty Python or something. My God. Yeah. Like the comedy episode or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That, that might be worth uh, looking at. And of course you can see all the stories we talk about in the show notes uh, for this episode, but yes, I would be so excited for a kids in the hall revival, please let them all survive this. And, yeah. and I don't care if it's delayed. I'm, 
even if they want to do something remotely, you know, with like, uh, you know, internet footage or, just, you know, they do it from home, you know. Yes, and, just do it all in one big group meeting, one big Zoom meeting. The world needs them right now. <laughs> Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. We always need some laughter. Well, oddly enough, serendipitously enough, talking about Nickelodeon last month and this month, um, there is a behind the scenes look uh, at the video zone in a Nickelodeon arcade documentary huh. that um, you can check out. And I'm going to mute this tab just in case it starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it was an early, early nineties, uh, like Nick quiz show. Mm, okay. Um, and so there is a short little YouTube documentary on the story of the Nickelodeon arcade. I don't remember watching this myself, but mm. just the timing of this while we're doing a two month spread on Nickelodeon mm -hmm. uh, was like, Oh, well we need to throw this in. We need to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, totally. Now, obviously um, you know, we are living in the age of the pandemic, but that doesn't mean that some of your favorite things from the 80s and 90s aren't relevant anymore. The the original voice behind Jem from Jem and the Holograms has made an in-character coronavirus PSA. Believe it or not. Um, I haven't actually watched it. No, we're not. I, I might just for fun uh, throw it in so everybody can hear it. Well, yeah. Just keep safe. Absolutely. Um but I just, I think it's hilarious. Why not? Why not? Why not have Jim from Jim and the Holograms remind you to wash your hands? Well, you know, I mean, th that's an interesting point you make because there were so many of the cartoon shows we grew up with in the 1980s that did feature like public service announcements mm -hmm. at the end of the episodes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Knowing half the battle, that kind of thing. Um, Precisely. Oh, and boy, do we have something related to that. Ah. Um, so Hasbro on their YouTube channel has actually put up um, you know, a, a fair number. It's it's not an entire season. It's not, uh, you know, the entire catalog. Um, but there are a few story arcs worth of G.I. Joe episodes. So is this the cartoon show? The 80s? Yes. Okay. Yes. This okay. is our 80s Yo-Jo yeah. uh, <laughs> cartoon show. Um, and so they've got about seven hours. Oh, nice. Worth of G.I. Joe uh, from the saga of the mass device, mm -hmm. uh, the Pyramid of Darkness okay. arc. Um, so if you are already hurting for something to watch or you want to go back and uh, pick up a touch of that Joe nostalgia, uh, you can go check out Hasbro's YouTube channel. Man, they need to bring some of those voice actors back to do modern coronavirus PSA. Oh, wouldn't that be great? That would be awesome. You know what? I'm I'm racking my mind now. I don't think there were any PSAs featuring Cobra, like the bad guys, like <laughs> Cobra Commander or Destro. No, I mean seriously, there weren't. No, really. I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right. I don't yeah. think. No. You know, Destro took time out of his day of you know destroying things to yeah. you know really warn you about the importance of stranger danger right yeah that's kind of a i don't know that's interesting anyway no that's a very good point yeah i'd love to hear it i'd also love to have you know the voice of cobra commander introducing our show so well maybe from beyond the grave i think he's i know, about, but, I know yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. Well, oh, well 
I can dream. Yeah. I right. can dream. And speaking of dreams, mm-hmm. I seem to remember not too long ago, you were raving about loving the Lego pirate sets. Oh, yeah. And Lego has just revived one of their pirate sets. That's amazing. From back in the day. I love it. Um, this is the, I think it's the Black Seas Barracuda. Mm. Um, yeah. Or, or I'm sorry, the Pirates of Barracuda Bay is the uh-huh. playset. The name of the uh-huh. ship is the Black Seas Barracuda. Um, it's an impressive set. Yeah, I was a big fan of that series, you know, kind of after the city, space, and mm-hmm. capital worlds. That was pretty much my jam, you know. I mean, I know listeners to the podcast will maybe remember how when we talked about the 1989 earthquake, I had one of those Lego ships that had recently been purchased by mom and dad and... There was a whole thing about whether or not it was going to get destroyed during the earthquake. And this is pretty exciting. I'm, I'm kind of looking at this, you know, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to get that big government check uh, from the coronavirus. So, hey, who knows? Maybe I can. And you know what? The the article says that the uh, uh, set is available as of April 1st. OK. Oh. Um, now, obviously, worth double checking to make sure the availability. It's running at 200 bucks, though. 200 bucks, huh? Wow, it's kind of pricey. Honestly, given Lego sets these days, that's that is kind of that's the train going by. Yes, yes, uh, yes. That they're uh, timing for you. The trains are essential, people. Yes, trains. They're going to keep running. They, they're going to bring us the supplies we need. The toilet paper. You know, I, I will say that I have, I have, I do have a slight history with actually hiring smugglers in mainland China to bring bootleg Lego sets to America. Um, so maybe I might look at if there's a if they're gonna bootleg. It's it's really kind of fascinating. I, there's a whole um, most if not all Lego bricks are actually uh, manufactured in mainland China, mm-hmm. and a lot of these factories will literally have a factory right next door that the same blueprints, even some of the same employees will work at to make exact identical identical sets that are sold as bootlegs. Interesting. And, and the packaging is like they'll intentionally misspell things slightly thinking it'll get around copyright law, but it creates this unintentional comedy factor, you know? So I'll have to like look into that. You know what I mean? Oh boy. Well, let us know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this time on If Memory Serves, we're still talking about Nickelodeon. It's part two of two. Right. The other half of the coin, however you want to look at it. We are talking some more Nickelodeon to bring that bright orange glow that's not our current administration into your lives that's right the television channel that was of such importance to taylor and i growing up that we had to have at least two episodes to talk about all of the content and listeners we hope that you also have some fond childhood memories of this wonderful television channel um and hey you know i had a real blast last month talking about it some of the shows um mysterious cities of gold yep um you can't do that on television i mean real big heavy hitters but the list that we have tonight as well i think is pretty strong and i can't wait to hear some of our memories about it definitely yeah we've we've got some great ones uh tonight to talk about and um some big memories um some stuff that boy looking back and doing a little bit of research um this past week because this month has been kind of insane right um so yeah if i'm not 100 percent right now or if i'm stumbling over stuff just Bear with me. We're, uh, you know, podcasting in the age of pandemics. I'm not joking. The 3D printer next to me right now 
is running off uh, uh, masks. Oh, there you go. Um, we've, we're making some for ourselves. We're making some for friends. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love it. So, so, so what show are we starting with first? Well, Ren and Stimpy, of course, the uh, manic animated adventures of a, I guess, a house cat and a, um, a slightly deranged chihuahua. Yes. Um, the, the, the heroes of our, of our story. Uh, who kind of get into some pretty strange adventures. Um, I mean, Ren and Stimpy, uh, for most folks who remember the show, it was probably one of the most bizarre shows on Nickelodeon. It really was. I mean, from what little research I've done, I, I guess the brains behind it was a was a was an animator who actually had a lot of kind of personal struggles and demons and stuff like that. I guess he clashed a lot with network standards and practices regarding you don't say some of the extreme themes uh one of the things that's always stuck in my mind was um uh a board game they had called don't whiz on the electric fence don't whiz on the electric fence (laughs) right which is important life lessons right and there was something there was something about ren and stimpy that was uh, the closest thing that i can equate it i mean it's really you can't really compare it to anything I mean, honestly, but the closest thing I could probably compare it to was maybe Pee Wee's Playhouse, because it was almost like it 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 it, it took a lot of like weird, like campy fifties nostalgia stuff and presented it in a, such an extreme light that it slowly or rather quickly became almost ominous. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I think there were also definitely some more subversive cartoonists. It was, um, of, it was yeah of of the fifties and sixties, right? Um, that kind of um, gave inspiration to Ren and Stimpy's style. It also had kind of like an absurdist streak, almost surrealist. Oh, absolutely! I think both. Yeah, think both of those streaks in spades. Right, right. Um, and 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 you know. <clears throat> Uh, Ren especially being being kind of bipolar in a way, just having very yeah. manic stretches, and then having just just times of of you know sadness and void. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Stimpy was always kind of the kind of happy go lucky, dumb bumbling uh, character. Yeah, it, it was almost like like um, of mice and men a little bit. In a sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, um, you know, there, there, it, there's kind of the the comic and straight man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. element. Although the straight man himself is kind of bonkers. Yeah. So it it plays a little differently off that trope. Yeah, and he sounded like what's his face, the actor from uh, uh, Maltese Falcon. No, wait, no. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, 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 his name is on the tip of my tongue. I know, tip of my brain here. Uh, this is horrible. Because uh, he talks like this. Crap loaded idiot. Yes. Uh, wait, hold the on. Man, the brain. Master, yeah. the brain. Not that I'm sitting in front of a computer machine, which at a touch of a button could exactly tell me his name. But um, That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, it, he totally could. Right, right. Uh, uh, but but Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy? There yes. was a weird song they would sing, Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy. Um, I think Mom was a pretty big fan of Ren and Cynthia. Honestly, like, yeah. I think the whole family really got into... Um, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Uh, you know, we loved watching it. it. It was, I think, just a little edgy mm-hmm. for our age at the time. But 
if you look back at a lot of the stuff that we grew up with, it was always just kind of at the upper edge of that. We were always just a little, I don't know if ahead of the curve is the right word, but um, I mean, log. Wait, yeah, log. Tell me about log. That's ringing a really strong bell in my memory. It's log. It's log. It's big. It's heavy. It's wood. That's right. It's log. It's better than bad. It's good. That's exactly right. Yeah, but I know that song, but I don't know what I'm singing. That's the thing. You're you're singing. Okay, it was basically um, like the. I can't believe you can't remember this. Oh my god, Um, it is. It was basically like a Ren and Stimpy parody of a commercial for a new toy but this toy is literally just a log because it was almost like the slinky song right yeah, exactly yeah everyone loves a log yeah everyone needs a log yeah 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 Log by lamo yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 that's right so the, so ransom had a kind of a lot of almost like um it was like a weird take on commercialism oh completely you know consumer society oh yeah um, absolutely and and yeah. and and like you know um character tie-ins with products like powdered toast man <laughs> i'm not sure about- toast man oh yeah wow. and he he was a superhero um and and kind of like i i don't know I, I i remember powdered toast man's butt a lot i don't know why <laughs> Okay. Well, what, what, was there anything remarkable about his posterior? Um, ba- well, basically, I mean, it was drawn, you know, kind of extra muscular, and his leotard kind of rode up the back. Right. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that might also have been where the the powdered part mm-hmm. comes from mm-hmm. um, when he launches off into the sky. Right. Um, you know, and of course, he's got a head of toast. Uh huh. Um, the thing about Ren and Stimpy, I, 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 when I close my eyes, what I in, in, instantly see are a lot of pursed and puckered lips, a lot of yes, straining faces with veins bulging, yes, drops falling, like a lot yes. of that kind of thing. <laughs> well, and, and Ren and Stimpy, there was also there, there were like two different styles of art. There was like the normal cartoon, uh-huh. you know, and then it's like, oh, Red my thumb really hurts and then there's like an extreme close-up yeah of in this case stimpy's thumb and it's like dry it's like super detailed and it's like dried and it's cracked and there's like a worm crawling out or you know mm. some sort of goopy drippy stuff um uh, and it and it's and it's literally drawn differently than the like the regular cartoon is it's almost drawn in um like the quality that you would see on like pulp mm. novel covers uh-huh. of like the fifties and sixties is, is it almost looked more like brush stroke than, you know, the, the, the drawn animation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If that makes any sense at all, I'm doing a terrible job tonight. No, 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 no. I think, I think that's great. Um, I did, I did uh, finally remember the name Peter Laurie, the actor. Thank you. Yes. Peter Peter Laurie, Laurie. I think- I think that's, but you know, Ren and Stimpy, they always kind of slightly reminded me of Pinky and the Brain. Oh, sure. You know, kind of um, the, you know, the animated animal version of a vaudeville straight man, funny person stand up routine, I guess. I don't know, you know? No, no, I, I, I think, I think, I think you're on the ball with that. I mean, I think Ren and Stimpy, I think Pinky and the Brain, I think they all kind of follow 
that almost vaudevillian trope of the straight man and the goofball. It didn't also seem to have a very long life. I don't seem to recall it going like lots and lots of seasons, and it doesn't seem to ever really have had any sort of modern reincarnation or a... No, it definitely hasn't. Um, I don't don't know what that is. Is it a legal thing? Is it like... It's like so many things kind of come back, but some some things never come back. I guess I don't know. I no, yeah, I don't know. It um it went fifty two episodes, okay, five seasons. So five. it was ninety one to ninety five on Nickelodeon, and then it actually had one more season on MTV in ninety six. Okay, and I think I'm probably misremembering, but I I seem to recall that perhaps maybe there was always an issue with like production issues, like like the shows would um not be finished on time or something like that you know that I mean? wouldn't surprise me i really didn't dive into um the wikipedia page yeah for it much okay um but there there was right in the middle of its run mm-hmm. um there was a break between um Oh, what's the creator's name? John uh, Crick Falusi. Yeah. Um, and Nickelodeon. Yeah, there was um, some sort of falling out. Or and something. yeah, there was, and and like like Crick Falusi was only communicating with Nickelodeon through his lawyer, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, right between ninety two and ninety three, okay. things kind of fell apart. So, um, Ren and Stimby continued on. Um, but it, it became part of what was at that time games animation, which later became the Nickelodeon animation studio. It was, I mean, in any regard, it was such a great show. And as oh, a completely. person who, you know, watched it at the same time, he was still going to middle school. It was probably one of the last animated shows that I could admit to liking without being beaten up on the blacktop, just cause it kind of had a lot of maybe street cred or, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah i don't know but yeah man wow great show no yeah absolutely and yes now i now i see obviously the the peter laurie reference in the wikipedia page um and and we were talking about the animation um taking influence from um earlier works and um what what's referenced here and I'll, i'll mention it just because i remember is the old bob clampett uh, animations from the 1940s and the way that the characters' emotions powerfully distort their bodies. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so go look up some old Bob, Bob Clampett cartoons. Do I, do I know Bob Clampett cartoons? I I feel like he may have had some Warner Brothers work. Was he the guy that did like, like wasn't there like a weird 50s claymation show, but it was very religious. It was like a boy and a dog or it was like yes that, that's probably not the same guy i guess no i don't think so yeah but but bob clampett was an animator uh for warner brothers and looney tunes and bugs bunny okay um so did a lot of that work all right weren't the clampets the people that were the beverly hillbillies um anyway i, I digress a bit. different channel uh, <laughs> totally different channel right. yes although beverly hillbillies might have been on nick at night i don't remember it might have been it might have been anyway um let's go west yes let's let let's (laughs) this this was one that i when we first said hey let's do let's do a story (laughs) or let's do an episode on nickelodeon right i went hey dude hey dude (laughs) nice i mean hey dude i mean first of all 
where where else would we be able to really talk about Hey Dude other than a Nickelodeon like Nickelodeon episode, I guess? Because it was just I'm, it wasn't a show that I guess aired on any other channels. Like it wasn't no. like a thing. Um, no, it didn't. Although you know, if somebody's if somebody is looking for an excuse to uh, start a podcast about something. Um, you know, all five seasons of Hey Dude are available on DVD, or apparently you can stream it on Amazon. It, it was sort of like, I mean, obviously it was a live action um, kids show, but, you know, also more teens. Teen. Yeah, I mean, this um, this was... Um, it was filmed in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, it was actually filmed in Tucson. Tucson. Um, and um, it was uh, a, a, a city slicker family from New Jersey comes west basically buys a dude ranch uh-huh. and here's all the hilarity that goes into running it you know like during a summer so you've got teens working at the camp yeah it had kind of like that vibe of like you know a movie about a summer camp but like most of the employees that the f- show focuses on are teenagers mm-hmm. not so many adults in that sense it almost had kind of a vibe of like an 80s slasher film where it's always like a summer camp run by kids who are goofing off and then getting murdered you know yeah them. but this never went that dark no never got never not got even dark. close um, not even close uh interesting cast um i think there was a couple people on the show um there was one gentleman who i think he was a mexican-american gentleman but he played his character was native american um, yeah. From what I've read, he he never really had. I don't think he had any acting experience before the show, and even after the show, like I think there's been like some reunions of some of the actors, like at different conventions or something, mm-hmm. and people will ask them because this guy was kind of a main a main character. He wasn't a minor character, and like like even the people who worked on the show with him like have no idea where he is today or how to contact him. Like yeah, he's basically just like gone back into civil, civilian life, so to speak. You know? Yeah. Who you're thinking of is, um, let me get to it. Is Joe Torres. As yes. Lightfoot. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. There's actually, there, there is a, a Buzzfeed article that I'll include the link to in the show notes that says, Oh, here's, here's how they look now and here's what they've been up to. And it literally is like, we have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just like a blank, like image, you know, big question mark or something, you know? Yeah. Or like or, they age, they maybe they'll age enhance him. Like, like he was a kid on the back of a milk carton, you know? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of, one of the funnier things and I, and I didn't even realize it until I started um, doing this is there was um, a character on the show named Melody. Okay. Um, blonde, you know, cute, probably had my interest at some point. Um, played by Christine Taylor, whose name you may not recognize unless you remember, like, the Brady Bunch movies of what I think might have been the late 90s, early 2000s. She played Marsha. So these were the ones with, like, Shelley Long as Mrs. Brady? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and not only that, went on to marry Ben Stiller weird random okay yes so ben stiller married a cast member from hey dude that's exactly correct that blows my mind actually a little bit. yeah jeez were there any episodes in particular that you remember fondly i was a big fan there was one episode with some goofy subplot about a like a haunted kachina doll and listeners to our podcast might oh, that remember that well. when i was a kid i was obsessed with hopi kachina mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah you so totally that was like 
that was a huge one but um but i really don't remember many episodes i mean i don't either but but again yeah that once you mention those kachina dolls that does ring a bell yeah it was i mean it was it was a fine show i mean the thing that i remember the most about this show and most of the shows i guess from our childhood is so, more like the music either mm-hmm. the music or the incidental music i definitely remember the um kind of awkward computer generated like intro logo with like a giant horseshoe oh yes and then of course the the different cast members as they're introduced would be within the horseshoe yeah exactly it was amazing yeah Um, pretty good stuff so oh totally yeah i mean it it obviously it, it totally plays to that whole city slicker versus country life trope yeah um that i mean how long has that been popular i mean forever um but yeah, hey, hey, dude is one of those things where it's like, you know what, this uh, this this shelter in place is going to go on long enough. I might just look it up on Amazon and you know just just pick an episode and be like, okay, can I? Is does this have rewatchability to it? I'll have to report back on that. I'm not I'm not sure if we're really ready for some sort of reboot or reunion, but I really wouldn't mind seeing like if they came back together to do like an episode of Robot Chicken, maybe. Maybe oh, they have for all I know. I don't know. You know, that's that would be funny. Yeah, yeah I'd take that. Uh, I would totally take that. Well, what so, show? Uh, what show do we have next? Uh, the Secret World of Alex Mack. Whoa. Um, right. Which I know is a show that John and I have randomly made reference to sometimes on Podcastica. I have I, I have no memory of this, so I'm really excited. To I'm about. not surprised. I mean, this this ran from '94 to '98. It basically okay. replaced Clarissa Explains It All. Okay. Um, the main character was played by a gal named Larissa. Ol- Ol- I always mess it up. I mean, even when I was young, I messed this up. Olenek. 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 Okay. Olenek. Um, she's actually from Santa Clara. So Alex Mack is a female rather than a male yes okay all right yes alex okay, all, right. Hey. all right Larissa. um oddly enough also takes place in arizona uh, okay i nowhere near the hey dude dude ranch i don't think there was ever a crossover no, no crossovers no right so 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 the concept is is basically you know hey here's here's normal teenage character um who is basically nearly hit by a truck from a chemical plant obviously some goop falls out of this truck Okay. Uh, hits her and she develops superpowers. So this is live action, not animated. Correct. Okay. Yeah, this is live. This is again. This is all that that teen Nick, you know, Nickelodeon, knowing that their base uh, uh, audience that that started with the network are now teenagers. They they want to keep them as watchers, gotcha. so they're developing more shows. Um, so some of the superpowers, uh, telekinesis. Okay. Shooting electricity from her fingers, a la Emperor Palpatine. Right. Uh, well, admittedly, looking probably a lot cuter than Emperor Palpatine, um, and the abyss the ability to dissolve into a mobile, mobile, <laughs> Alabama. Sorry, a mobile puddle of water. Holy! So she's basically a shapeshifter. She's like the she, guy she, the she she's the skinwalker. She like sleeps in a bucket at night. Okay. Wow. So actually, you know what? I feel like there is some sort of like bucket thing from this show if i'm not mistaken but this is the whole puddle of water thing this is where like john and i on podcastica would make reference to alex mack so now is is the secret world of alex mack more of an an, an action thing or a comedy thing or i, I think it's well I mean, what, what there, there, 
for? What would I expect to see happen? Um, there would be comedic elements. Comedic elements, okay. Um, but it's um, I don't know. I don't think they ever played it too seriously. It's it's more a, you know, here is a protagonist with a secret, mm. and you know they're trying to be normal and keep it a secret. Mm-hmm. And yet something happens and they have to use the power or, you know, like, uh, uh, like an anxiety or a stress will cause a reaction. So it's like, Oh, I've got to get up in front of the whole school and talk. Oh, I'm starting to turn into a bottle of water. Uh Oh, you know? So she can't in- entirely control her abilities. Not completely from what okay. I recall. Um, this wasn't a show that I like watched religiously or anything. It's yeah. not like I've seen every episode, yeah. um, but it is, it's, it's a show I remember because I remember going, these are some crazy superpowers right. that this gal has. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, and, and again, I mean, 94, 94, yeah. I'm, I'm graduating from high school. Right. So this is, this is, um, very much on the fringes of like what I'm interested at this point, but I do have memories Mm -hmm. of at least watching it a little bit. Now, do we know if Larissa oily neck is married to Ben Spiller? Did you say oily neck? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, oily neck. So she's not married to Ben Stiller though. No, she's not. She's not married. Okay. All right. We're good. Okay. All right. Just, just stop. Just double check. Well, no, yeah. you never know. I mean, it might be one of those things. Like he's like, you know how like it's almost like Nicolas Cage every five years he marries a different person. Like I was kind of wondering maybe Ben Stiller's just like had all these crushes on people from Nickelodeon, and like every five years he just marries a different person. Like, no, no, I, I'm pretty sure he's been with Christine Taylor the whole time. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, I think she she even appeared in Zoolander with him. Uh, oh no, wait, Larissa? Not, the, the wife? No, 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 uh, Christine Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right, Marshall. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay. Oh boy, folks. All right. Leave leave it to leave it to Seb to be confused by blondes. Okay, I think we. I think I understand now. I think we're. Good. <laughs> okay. You uh, know what? Let's let's say drizzle, 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 and let's move on to the next. Yes. Show. Okay, Mister Wizard's World. We have to talk about this, Mister um, Wizard. Of course, you know Don Herbert, the late great Don Herbert, mm-hmm. American hero. World War II bomber pilot. Hosted, really? Yeah, hosted a big TV show in the 50s or 60s called Mr. Wizard, where he taught kids on black and white television sets about science and engineering and basically was just like the godfather of a whole bunch of future scientists, engineers, people who went on to do things like um, um, uh, uh, the Mythbusters guys, mm-hmm. uh, Beekman's World, which I know we both love. Yeah. Huge. Uh, tribute to him, the two penguins that would introduce every episode of Beekman's World were named Don and Herb. Oh, that's right. Herbert. That's right. And in the 1980s, Herbert, Mr. Wizard, brought back his show for Nickelodeon in an incarnation called Mr. Wizard World, Mr. Wizard's World. Mm-hmm. Basically the same premise and idea, you know, him with different little kids exploring different science experiments to teach different aspects of science and nature and natural philosophy and technology and engineering and stuff like right that. but i'll tell you i mean of all of the shows we watched on nickelodeon i have memories of some some of them i have 
clear memories. Some of them are a little fuzzy and I have to remind myself, but I will never ever forget a specific segment of a specific episode of Mr. Wizard where he and a kid named Kenton uh, tried to learn about um, how to calculate the volume of a three-dimensional object. Oh, this sounds familiar. Right. And Kenton, poor Kenton, uh, was the object in question that Mr. Wizard wanted to calculate the volume of. And he wanted to do so by plunging a half-naked Kenton into a barrel of water to see how much water his body would displace to measure the volume. Okay. Um, and in fact, uh, it didn't quite go according to plan. So let's actually, we have a little audio clip. Maybe we can bring that up and take a quick listen. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what happens to poor Kenton here. Turn normal measurements. Yeah. What's your volume? My volume? How much I have in there? Yeah, how much there is there of you well, there? I don't know. No, mo yeah, most people don't because that volume is not really that important. But we're going to find out your volume. You, you mean you're going to put me into water? Well, you think that's the way to do it? Yes. You well, could put you in water just like this, right? Mm. All right. So that's why you asked me to bring my bathing suit. Yeah, so you got your bathing suit on underneath. Here yeah. is going to be our container. Is the water going to be cold? No, it won't be cold. In fact, I'll warm it up. But we can't. Coming it's up, cold. number six. Okay, freezing. go ahead. You can go on, down a little further. We'll make you go faster. Okay. Down further. Keep going. Keep going. Yikes. And I'll tell you, as a kid, I was, I thought this was terrifying and hilarious at the same time because it's obviously something that's really non-scripted. You know, Kenton is more interested, not, he's not as interested in the science of calculating volume. Mm -hmm. Interested in not getting hypothermia, which actually this could have probably doubled as another segment to teach something about body temperature and hypothermia. Right. I mean, even looking back at it now, there's just kind of like the the poor visual optics of this old white man and this half naked Asian American boy, like in this weird like tub full of water, which is a little creepy as well. But I'll tell you, I mean, I know that we've interviewed you know one or two people in the course of our podcast to learn about you know, in-depth things. And I actually did a little bit of searching to see if this Kenton kid is all grown up now and somebody who we could talk to, because I would love to know how cold that water was that he got plunged into. Oh, good heavens. Yeah. That would have been like the big interview I would wanted to have landed for this podcast. And maybe Kenton's out there. Maybe if, maybe somebody can help me get in touch with him. I would still love to know more about what he went through. But Mr. Wizard, uh, I do salute you. I, I'm sure, Tay, you remember... Um, Mr. Wizard's World fondly? Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally do. Um, and it always had kind of, I don't want to say a retro vibe to it, but it was always, it kind of had always had a PBS feel to it. Yeah. Like, like this, like it wasn't Flash. It wasn't Bill Nye the Science Guy. It was, it, it almost looked um, not quite public television level, which is like, it all looks really cheap. Mm. But this looked like, total like i don't want to say milk toast but kind of middle of the road pbs just real basic you know here here's our our, our kind of basic set dressing yeah i mean don herbert he never had kind of the he never was a character in the way that um bill nye or beekman was you know what i mean like he never right. really yeah. you know had a persona or a costume or a, like a goofy hairstyle or something like that he was always kind of just like a 
like a straight lace, no nonsense dragnet kind of guy. Almost, he you know? he basically looked like a middle school science teacher. Yes, yeah, he yeah, That's he's pretty literally sure. what he looked like. Yeah, he pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Um, but but still, I mean, you know, in terms of his impact on the world, I mean, it's probably immeasurable because you think about all the people that he probably inspired to get into those professions. Of the oh, absolutely, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, his his impact on science and engineering, all that STEM stuff that is, is, you know, being pushed again. Um, yeah. A lot of that goes back to him as, a, yeah. as an origin point. Yeah. From the fifties to the nineties. That's pretty much. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, um, let's talk about a, uh, a, a little Nick at night property here that came up last episode and we went, hey, wait, why didn't we think of this one? We need to put this on the list. We can't skip it. We, just we cannot skip it because no. Green Acres is indeed the place to be. Definitely. <laughs> and, and I think if I'm not mistaken, didn't we actually sing part of the theme song last month? I love it. We totally did. It is. It's And, and it was a great show. It was It was funny, man. There, there's just something about these you know, 50s, 60s comedies yeah. um, that were, I don't know, they were just fun. Well, what was basically the setup of Green Acres? So, so the setup of Green Acres, um, it, it, again, it's that city slicker versus uh, a country life trope. Hmm. Um, so Green Acres ran from 65 to 71. <clears throat> it basically um, starts as a New York socialite couple Um and the the husband of which just gets this yearning to be like, you know what? Let's move away from New York City. I want to go be a farmer. So that that it wasn't like a it wasn't like a witness protection thing, was it? No, and it okay. wasn't like a like a riches to rags. No, no story. It was like literally. It just it's it's like having it's like being stuck at home during a pandemic and being like, I really wish I could drive somewhere. I really want to be somewhere other than here. And that's what it is for him. He's like, he's like, I don't want this hustle and bustle of the city life. I want, you know, this peaceful rural life. It's kind of like the dad in Beetlejuice. You know what I mean? Like take the sort of, yeah. out of the big city, go to the country, live mm-hmm. a quieter life. But Green Acres had such a more crazy cast of characters. I mean, Arnold the pig. Arnold yes. the pig was like, wasn't he like sentient or something? Like he was really it, smart, like Mr. Ed? Not quite. <laughs> Not quite talk, in the same way. No, 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 no. So so Arnold's parents, and I put that in air quotes, which I know everybody can see, Fred and Doris Ziffel. Right. I mean right. They yeah. treat this pig, Arnold, as if he's their son. <laughs> um and so it literally is like, you know, in an episode, right? You're at the Ziffel's house and, and Arnold is is shuffling around and snorting and stuff. And it's it's literally it's like, you know. Fred just re- like the same way that I treat my cat, you know, the cat will come in meow and I'll have a conversation with the cat because but, I'm just making up in my head what the cat is saying. But here's, here's my question for you. I, I have not seen an episode of Green Acres since probably 1989. Yeah. And I, I have this memory, but of him being like smart, like Lassie was smart. But was that, I, not, like, like I remember Arnold being smarter than Ava Gabor, but is that not, am I misremembering this? <laughs> I, they, they might have, they might have played it that way. Okay. And you might be thinking of it kind of in that Lassie sense is because Lassie would come running up and bark and people would just go, what Timmy's fallen in the well as though there's some sort of like telepathic yeah. signal. 
Yeah. Um, I don't. Was definitely the smartest person on that show. Well, that goes without saying, but yeah. it's it's not as though it's not as though Arnold was like Mr. Ed, where like, you know, the pig's mouth would move and somebody would be talking. Yeah, I don't remember Arnold like having like I don't th- I don't remember him being able to speak English, but I remember yeah. him, like I don't know like saving the day or something like. In different yeah, no, it was it was. I don't know. Yeah, it was more of an Arnold as Lassie rather than an Arnold as Mr. Ed. Okay. Okay, so it's, it's like a hierarchy. It's like the cha- great chain of being. It's like, yeah, Mr. Ed at the top, you know, and there's like different... Anyway, okay. But yeah, Ava Gavort, totally hilarious. Yes, absolutely, because she insisted on keeping all of her like city life trappings. You right. know, it, it, it'll, it'll, be, um, it'll be her husband in, um, you know, overalls and she'll be in like a dressing gown. Yeah, she'll be wearing diamonds while she's like shoveling manure. Or something. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Totally. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and so it was. Yeah. Wow. God, Mr. Haney. Mm. Mr. Haney right. was played um, by a, a very famous actor at the time, and he he had this kind of almost. Peter Lorre. No, was it, it was was not Peter Lorre. It was not no, Peter Lorre. Okay. No. Right. No, um, you would recognize him because I think even cartoons would imitate him. Um, oh. He kind of he had this. No, it's deeper than that. But mm-hmm. um, this kind of country voice. But he was he was basically um, a con man. Mr. Haney actually sold um, uh, the <clears throat> house that the main characters live in to them, but like stripped the house of everything first. Right. So like all the fixtures, the bathtub. So then he could then sell them back to them, brilliant, um, and and make a buttload of money yeah. that way. So he he always had a scheme going, mm-hmm. um, but he, he had a very very recognizable voice, uh, and he played kind of almost the same sort of character mm. in different shows. So much that he got kind of well known for that, mm-hmm. and then. I know I've seen his character like emulated in like a cartoon. It's interesting you mentioned that. I've been rewatching a lot of the Flintstones lately. Really? It, it's amazing how there's so many episodes where you'll see a character who is obviously based on a very famous celebrity of the 60s. Sure, sure. But but now I watch it and like oh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that still get it, but there's a lot of people probably who would watch that and be like it just goes right right over their head because now that person's not no longer a household name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that's absolutely true. It's it's yeah. it's all very contextual. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and even even stuff like Green Acres, Donna Reed show, Mister Ed, a lot of the stuff in there, a lot of the humor in there is contextual. Yeah. F Troop, come on. Yeah. You know, um, and and so for for those of us who kind of get some of those references or at least know enough of history or entertainment history mm-hmm. to go, Oh yeah, that's this one person who did this, that, and the other thing, uh, you know, I get that gag, but yeah, I mean, good heavens, another 15, 20 years, there may not be anyone around No, no. who gets that. So, so get this with green acres, okay. green acres was one of a number of shows on CBS in this era. Pretty sure it was CBS. Yeah. Um, that all kind of had this like rural theme okay to it <clears throat> well it's really it's really kind of the it's a it's like a the reverse Hill, beverly hillbillies right well 
yeah, let me finish my thought oh, here. Sorry, I'm sorry. I was that. pausing to burp. Um, sorry, everyone. Excuse me. Um, in 71, for whatever reason, CBS goes, you know what? We're done with rural shows. We're moving our all of our stories. You know, we're starting new ones and we're moving to the city. It's we're all of these cities. There was literally there is literally something called the rural purge. <laughs> This, oh this, I'm not joking, is a Wikipedia article. It sounds terrifying. I had to dive down that hole because I was like, what? What yeah. is this? Yeah. They literally, CBS decided, you know what? Enough of these farm shows were doing city shows. Right, right. From now on, like they literally just made a change and they're like, I don't care if the ratings are great. Yeah. Everything's getting canceled. No more hay. No right. more hay. No Lots more, hay. more gritty streets. Okay. Um. But it's it's worth noting that in 1990, which yeah. of course is a big year for us, um, all but one of the surviving cast members at that point were reunited for a TV movie called Return to Green Acres. That does ring a slight bell. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, a little bit. I um, didn't think to look to see if it's like on YouTube or something. Oh, I'm sure it's got to be somewhere. Um, but that would be just kind of interesting to uh, uh, see if it still exists. You know, I wonder, you know how people now have pets and their pet will be like, um, like a potbelly pig, you know? Yes. Like, I wonder. And there it is. Yeah. That's like. Nine, 93 minutes long. Oh, you found the. I, found oh, I sure did. Right. Um, but no, I mean, it's like, it's, you know, them having a pet pig. I wonder if that's like where that, that trend or that hobby. I don't know that. Cause it's so, it always struck me as weird to have a pet that's a pig. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure people love pigs and pigs love being pets, but you know, anyway, but yeah, Green Acres, great memories, great show. Uh, I remember it yeah. being really funny. Um, oh yeah. It, it was absolutely a comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. What's the next, uh, what's the next show? Oh, oh my gosh. You know, it, we have, it, it was one that you put on the list. Oh, cats. Literally. Oh, yeah. Heathcliff, Heathcliff and the Cadillac cats. Yes. Um, aired on Nickelodeon from 88 to 93. I mean, this was, you know, a, there were a number of animated shows on Nickelodeon that started out in either as either um, French productions or Japanese productions. I think Heathcliff was originally a French cartoon show. Okay. Um, and the, you know, the main character Heathcliff's cat was a wisecracking animated orange house cat. Mm-hmm. which I'm sure listeners to our podcast might instantly recognize as a pretty apt description also of Garfield the cat. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, the more and more I thought about Heathcliff in preparing for tonight's episode, I mean, a lot of similarities between Heathcliff and Garfield. Yeah, I mean, not only even visual, but just like, you know, the, the I don't know. It, Garfield always seemed like, like the, like the top brand mm-hmm. Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. kind of like the like the brand x version yes. of Garfield. but it's interesting one of the things i looked at tonight on the internet in preparing for tonight apparently garfield started out garfield started out as an animated show before heathcliff but in terms of the the comic strip characters it looks like garfield first showed up in 76 and heathcliff first showed up in 73 so it's almost oh. like Maybe Garfield is the imitation. Like I'm almost kind of amazed that there wasn't some sort of huge, like, like intellectual property lawsuit between the two properties. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would think both being kind of orange cats and all that. Um, and yeah. it's funny because in, in terms of the animated series, I mean, I remember 
I, I, as a kid, felt like it was something of a Garfield knockoff, but with a more street-smart, kind of rough-and-tumble character. Yeah, Heathcliff definitely didn't seem as lazy as Garfield. Right. Um, and actually, when you think about it, I mean, obviously, Garfield was voiced by the legendary Lorenzo Music. Mm-hmm. But Heathcliff, voiced by Mel Blanc. So you really, I mean, that's... Right. Both heavy hitters, you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. I mean, the more and more I think about... I mean, if you had asked me a year ago, Heathcliff or Garfield, who would win? I'd say Garfield. But it's like, geez, I don't know. I'm thinking, of, I'm rethinking this a little bit. Um, I mean, it was weird because it was like each episode, there were, it was like a two-parter. And the first part would be focused on Gar- or Heath- oh, Garfield. <laughs> and then the second part would be focused on this weird other group of cats that lived not in a home, but in a junkyard called the Cadillac Cats. Yeah. And they were weird because there was... Oh God. Okay. There was, there was one name like Wadsworth or Woods Wordsworth. There was one named Hector. Mm-hmm. There was a big fat one that was an idiot named Mungo. And he was like gray and wore like a knit cap. <laughs> and they lived on the top of a trash heap in a old Cadillac that could like convert, like the gadget mobile could convert, I think, or something. There was definitely some weirdness. There was, biz- it was batshit crazy, that show. Yeah. Um, I mean, for, for one thing, the theme music was composed by um, Shuki Levy, who uh, did the music uh, from the episode or the show we talked about last month, Mysterious Cities of Gold. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit more about him later on in tonight's episode. He did some of the music for some of the other shows. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really interesting, uh, interesting cartoon show. I, I rewatched a couple episodes tonight and... Um, a lot of it came rushing back, but the music was the thing that really, um, I had the instant recall to, you know, that was the thing that I didn't have to remind myself what the next, you know, beat was was coming or anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was like, for some people, smells are things that they remember the most or bring back the most memories. I think it's like the incidental music to cartoon shows. Like that's the thing that I think if I'm ever in a coma, that's the thing I think will snap me out of a coma. Okay. Like the incidental music to like 80s cartoon shows, basically. I will I will make a note of that. Yes, please do. Please put that in my next to my do not resuscitate notes, yes. whatever, you know. Yeah, totally. And and I'll just make a note. If anybody is hearing what sounds like a weed whacker in the background, it's actually Kobe with a small Dremel tool in the other room of course um because of course yes the creativity never stops in this household um although on the heathcliff note uh if you have the cbs all access uh streaming service if you're busy watching like picard yeah or something um as of august 8th last year 2019 cbs actually announced that it had signed a deal to add heathcliff along with other dhx media programming to its streaming service so if you've got picard you can probably go watch some heathcliff yeah the 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 dream team the match you know the, the match made in heaven yeah you know, the only episode of heathcliff that i i the plot that i remembered without any sort of recall there was one episode where um heathcliff's owner also got another pet cat and it was this girl cat named tammy who was a total okay. it was total and totally like would like do everything she could to like stab heathcliff in the back wow but it was weird because heathcliff had this whole thing about not wanting to fight a girl and then at the very end of the and then tammy took advantage of that but then at the very end of the episode heathcliff's girlfriend was this like white cat or something with like a beauty mark for some reason maybe a bow in her hair 
And huh. she was like, I'm not having any of this. And she beat the shit out of that Tammy cat. It was awesome. Oh gosh. It was a pretty great episode, I have to say. Oh my gosh. And you know what's weird? The Cadillac cats, I can't remember who the, the main cat was, but he was like a short guy that wore like one of those like newsboy caps. But he yeah, had, like, that sounds he had, familiar. He had this like girlfriend who was a cat, but she was like not a cat. She was like a cat human hybrid. Wow. <laughs> who like walked on two legs and she looked almost she looked more like Chitara than a cat. You know what I mean? Okay. Like like she looked like somebody out of like the movie cats, like that CGI train wreck of a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Oh god, what oh like maybe her name was Cleo? I don't know, dude, but that was just weird. And they would like fly around in a bathtub that had no obvious like source of propulsion or wings. God, that was such a weird cartoon show. Yeah. Well, no, if you if you know anything of what I'm talking about, I mean, maybe because it's French, I don't know. I mean, I can't really say it was an American production, so I'm kind of washing my hands of it. I guess. I, don't mm-hmm. know. I can blame it on France, maybe. I don't know. Sure. Man, that Heathcliff, what a cartoon show! But hey, the next show we're going to talk about tonight is a very special show out of Canada. Today's special. Wow. Yeah, big memories. Big memories of uh, this show. I watched it a lot. And you were a big fan of a lot of uh, media that involved um, department store mannequins coming to life. In the 80s. <laughs> so this is kind of right up your alley in a way, right? That, that makes me sound kind of pervy, dude. What the heck? No, it's um, a kids show. What are you talking about? No, it's but but it's true. There there was something. There there's just a long long line of shows and movies and stuff in which there was something magical or technological that had to be kept hidden from the common person right so there's today's special right. there's the movie mannequin right. there's small wonder, small wonder. There's down data. to earth data there's... from star trek you know oh no no data didn't have to be hidden he wasn't yeah that's true he wasn't the department store mannequin that's no true. good point <laughs> no. i always get that confused i'm sorry fair enough trial and data i always get those mixed up yeah <laughs> all right okay but but this is this was yeah, you're right. This was a Canadian production. Yeah. And it, it always took place in like the overnight shift mm-hmm. where this lady Jody would come in. Um, and there was this was so weird because it was. Yeah. Yeah. So there was there were human actors. Right. So like Jeff, the mannequin, when he wasn't obviously a mannequin um, with his goofy curly hair and everything. He was played by a human, but like the head of security was this old guy named Sam. He was a puppet. Yeah. So it was, it was a, um, for lack of a better, there's probably a better analogy, but it was like in the sense that Sesame street, you would have humans yeah. interacting with Muppet puppets and it really wasn't a weird thing. Right. Sense, right. Yes. That, that's a, that's a fantastic analogy. Cause there was also a puppet mouse named Muffy. Muffy was the mouse. Yep. Sam, the security guard, had hair that looked like French fries, in my opinion, which was that's, kind of that's, weird. That's fair. No, that's fair. Right. Uh, Jeff, the mannequin who would come to life magically every night. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about that guy, but, like, I get this big vibe. He would have been, like, in real life, like, also a mime. Like, I don't know. I kind of see that. He's you know, got... Like a song and dance man or yeah, something? Yeah, no, 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 no. I could see that. Theater kind of... He's got the kind of the body language right. of, and, of someone who would do that. And Jody, I didn't know this until um, a gentleman whose podcast I listened to pointed this out to me. Um, she actually kind of got her start, I think, in like low budget sci-fi. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. Stuff that looked not Doctor Who, but it looked like Doctor Who. I'll, I'll try to see if I can dig it up and like show. Huh. It to yeah. If nothing else, I'll I'll yeah. take a look on IMDb. Do you now? Do you remember 
what Muffy would say. What were the magic words? Oh, to Hocus Pocus, Alamogocus. That's right, Alamogocus. Yeah, Alamogocus. Like, where does that come from? Well, Just I think it's a town in New Mexico. Mexico. I was going to say New Jersey, but okay. New Jersey, right, exactly. Um, yeah, I think... Oh, no, wait, no, you're, I think you're right. Alamogocus is where they detonated the first... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the Trinity Project. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Alamogocus, New Mexico. Right. Um, I think I think I think I think some of today's special was filmed at a, a department store in Toronto. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it was at on at an honest to goodness um, department store. Sam, the security guard, I think also had some sort of crazy computer that was almost analogous to the computer on the Starship Enterprise. Oh, I think you're right. I don't think, think, yeah, I didn't, I don't think you saw it like every story, but it was like a a secondary character, basically. And I know I've said this on a previous or a couple previous episodes of the If Memory Serves podcast, but the episode I remember the most was a, I guess, a season ending cliffhanger where the department store was allegedly going to be torn down and everybody was sad and they were going to have to move away. Oh, son of, yes. Oh my God. Yes. I remember this. There was this weird plot point in the show that said that if the building was historic Mm -hmm. and had a plaque on it, then the law said you couldn't tear it down and everybody would live happily ever after. And the season finale, the cliffhanger, I guess Muffy the mouse was moving like a piano out of her mouse den or where mm-hmm. she lived and the wall got hit and some plaster fell off and you saw the plaque and then it was like to be continued and i remember as a kid yes. freaking the f- out and f- myself because yes. i was like there's a plaque and even to this day like the idea that i mean sure there's the idea that you know hopefully if a building is historic it's not going to be torn down but like i had this weird kid idea that like if there was a plaque on the building like there was a law that said it couldn't be torn down which mm. is there isn't a law that says it, you could basically put a plaque on any building and it could never be torn down. But as a kid, I, I believed this with so much sincerity that it was just like, no. I see a plaque on a building. I think of this dumb episode of today's special, you know? You know what? And the funny thing is, is I, I mean, aside from now having to slap the explicit tag on this episode, um, All right. thank you. Um, I have not thought about that episode in decades. Really? And, and I have vivid memories. Oh my god! Yeah, episode and 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 it was so sad. It was well, just yeah, and but I remember being like, like I don't know. I, I, it's funny because I, I see it in the kids, like they watch a show, and then like what they want to play right after that is basically kind of reenacting the show. And I remember like <laughs> us kind of like replaying the plot of that, and I I feel like I made. What did we do? I, I just, I didn't just try to find a plaque on our family house or something. Yes. yes. Oh, are you serious? Yes. I, oh, I, wow. I swear. I remember like drawing <laughs> like a plaque and like, I don't know, taping it up in the house. Somewhere or something. <laughs> so obviously our house, our family home could not be torn down then anymore because it had a plaque on it. Basically. Yes. A very construction paper. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, my God. Oh my God. I am like, I am ah, ripping. See, out right now that's the thing i'm always trying to get out of this show like those weird memories that i don't remember at all but i'm sure they're true you know and i'm sure no, it, it, and, and it is yeah because god oh my god i'm yeah. god help me I'm, I'm literally just just losing my mind oh yeah over here because 
I have not thought about that episode in a hundred million years. There's a handful of television and movie props that if I ever saw for sale for anything less than maybe a thousand dollars, I would buy it instantly without thinking of my price, my budget or anything like that. One would be that little plaque, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One would would be, there's this weird death mask from a movie called um, Murder by Death. Oh yeah! Scared the stuffing out of me when I was a kid. You said mask, and I was like, "My God, what episode of Today's Special was that?" Yeah, it was the special episode where they learned about cannibalism or something. Yeah, (laughs) but no, yeah, that. Oh my God, you know that plaque was just. Oh man! Yeah, I'm like, you could just end the episode right now, and I, I just sit here for another hour, going, "Oh my God!" Yeah, today. Wow. Today's special. Uh-huh. Oh, and it was so just kind of flashing sad. light bulbs. Yes, yeah. it was. Oh God, yeah, no. It, it, there was just this kind of cheesiness to it, and I don't know if it was just that's what that part of the '80s was, or if it was that's yeah. what part of the '80s in Canada was. Yeah, right. Maybe that's just Canada. It was super earnest. I'll say. I'll say that. It, yes. It was, it was. It didn't. It didn't. It took itself very, it just, it was so, had a lot of heart. That show had a lot of heart. Yes. You you can definitely tell it was not an American production. Yeah. uh, Because an American production probably would not come across this overtly wholesome. Yeah, it was very wholesome. Very wholesome. Um, But that being said, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, there may have been episodes where they dealt with like more serious issues, like special, Mm. but I'm not sure. I feel like there there were at least a couple. Yeah, you know. If I remember from my research, um, (laughs) Muffy learns about my straps, or (laughs) you know, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like there was one that like because I think Sam was like a widower. Yeah, maybe. If I'm not mistaken, I think there might have been an episode that dealt with alcoholism. I mean, not with Sam particularly, oh, but Sam. you know, because what's yeah, Sam no, no, in the bottle? That's horrible. Well, you know, late night security. You got to have something to get you through. And Jody, you know, shout outs to Jody. Uh, you know, there weren't a lot of people of color on Nickelodeon growing up, either that I was exposed to, and she True. was, you know, so that was cool. You know, that was I was proud of that. You know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think later into the 90s and then beyond into the 2000s and stuff, I mean, you do have a lot more diversity. Right. But I think at the time that we were watching, I think you're absolutely right. There was not the kind of diversity that there should have been at that time. No, no. No, I agree. Well, today's special, we salute you. Um, Yeah, and apparently today's special is Taylor remembering that episode and losing his mind. Right, right. Um, But hey, uh, the next show up, Inspector Gadget. and. Uh, a veritable classic. I mean, I, ultra classic. I mean, I'm not going to say everything that I could say about this show tonight, just because we would be up till midnight. But yeah, and I'm uh, not feeling up till midnight. I mean, a couple things. I mean, for one thing, I, I haven't rewatched an episode of Inspector Gadget until about two or three months ago when I was at your house. Yeah, I, oh, that's right. Yeah, and again, simply blown away by how good the show was, um, the quality of the animation. How mm-hmm. weird it was! How much I remembered of it—the incidental music, yes. again by Shuki Levy. Um, of course, Inspector Gadget, um, you know, voiced by the legendary Don Adams. Absolutely, sort of a you know, get smart, inspired. I mean, obviously, it's the it's sort of like, 
it, it it is it's as much a child of get smart as is it is pink panther i would think because you, you you got the get smart techno tech, techno stuff like mm -hmm. spy gadgets but then you got like the goofy uh, witless police inspector you know what i mean yes like, yes. I think, like I if, don, if don adams and peter sellers had a cyborg son it would have been inspector gadget in my opinion there there is the the quote of the night <laughs> Right. And then if he got married to Ben Stiller, you see. <laughs> but, but here's here's the thing. So it's like like the music was the thing that just blew me out of the water in terms of my recall. And I I you know, I I just it always reinforced my my love of Shuki Levy, the music composer who is mm -hmm. famous for having, you know, composed the themes for hundreds of TV shows, including Shows we've talked about on on our podcast, Heathcliff, Mysterious Cities of Gold, Vector <clears throat> Gadget, um, The Real Ghostbusters, Punky Brewster, The Littles. I mean, the list goes on and on. Oh, God, The Littles. But but I got to tell you, I in doing research for tonight's episode, I, I stumbled upon an article that was published in The Hollywood Reporter in 1998, which actually made it sound like he was kind of a big old fraud. Wait, what? I know. Um, I'm just going to really quickly quote a little bit from this article. Um, every time a song or musical score plays on television, royalty payments are made to the music's writers. In television right. animation, however, the people receiving the checks are not always the ones who created or composed the music. While that may be legal, it raises the hackles of many composers. The stakes are high. Frequently played theme songs can generate as much as $250,000 in, in publishing royalties in a year. Shuki Levy, described as a passionate and prolific musician, um, has composed the themes for hundreds of television shows. However, a number of composers have told The Hollywood Reporter that they wrote hundreds of tunes credited to Levy. So it's, I don't know what to think anymore. You know, <clears throat> was, this, was this guy the author of Half of My Childhood Memories? Or did he defraud the actual authors of Half of My Childhood Memories? You know, I just... It's one of those things where it's like I learned a lot by preparing for the show, but at the same time, it's I almost kind of like wish I never learned that. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what to think now. But, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> hopefully, I mean, honestly, I hope it's not true in the sense that, that, you know, if it is true, maybe there's some poor suffering, starving musician out there who was actually the person who wrote the jingle that I've been, have, I've had stuck in my head for like 35 years and actually like, I probably would throw him a couple bucks if I knew that, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what to say, but I mean, I don't know. Is there any Inspector Gadget memories that jump out for you or? Oh my gosh. It's, that was a show that I don't think we could get enough of mm -hmm. as kids. Like, like we were properly obsessed with it. And if I'm not mistaken, there were even some Inspector Gadget toys, I think. There were totally, there was an, there was a, uh, Inspector Gadget mobile toy that's super rare these days, but it, it's like um, it, it, there's also a Doctor Claw vehicle toy that was mm -hmm. from, that they was released when they were kids. I don't know if it was released in the United States though. It might have been released in Europe, and it's it's badass and it sells for like thousands of dollars today. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, I definitely would have wanted more merchandising as a kid for this show yeah no i seem to remember having an inspector gadget doll there's um there's a there's a guy whose podcast i listen to and he has a twitter account and a couple weeks maybe a week or two ago he posted a an inspector gadget toy from the 80s that was a it was basically like um 
like a like a gangster switchblade or something. Okay. Like, it was obviously just a rack toy that somebody slapped Inspector Gadget's face on to sell more, but it was really disturbing because it was like, you know, it's like, I don't remember the episode of Inspector Gadget where somebody gets stabbed to death or something like that. It was really kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, I mean, great, great show. I mean, just, I mean, did you have a favorite gadget? That, I mean, obviously Inspector Gadget, you know, the eternal mystery of Inspector Gadget is, is he a human or is he not a human? Because obviously things can happen with him. Springs can jump out of his leg. His head can separate from his neck and extend for dozens of feet on a metal rod. Um, a, a helicopter can pop out of his skull. I mean, did you have a favorite like gadget? Um, or You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I always loved the gadget copter. Gadget copter. Um, but then, then there'd always be just completely random things. You know, he'd ask for something, and like the hand would pop out with a bunch of flowers. Um, I think I think one of one of the things I love most today about looking back at Inspector Gadget is that my kids not only enjoy Inspector Gadget that was kind of like brought back in the mid 2010s, yeah, um, and you know, updated a little bit um but but still you know bumbling and penny saves the day and all that kind of stuff um but they've seen episodes of the original inspector gadget and they enjoy it just as much that's cool that it holds up i like that that gives me hope. and that is that and that is definitely one thing is that that the classic inspector gadget episodes totally hold up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's still tons of fun to watch um the music is still insanely memorable Totally. Uh, without a doubt. Um, I, mean, I think even in the 80s, the incidental music got like released in France on like an LP or something. Like, really? I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. That is crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, no, Inspector Gadget, absolute all-time favorite. Because I remember, I, you know, again, part of Nick at Night, Get Smart. Mm-hmm. And right. I remember watching Get Smart yeah. and, and seeing Don Adams and and kind of making that connection understanding that inspector gadget is is a homage or a parody of get smart which of course is itself a parody of all the spy movies right um, and so it just you know kind of ties that all together for me and yeah like i i don't get tired of it inspector gadget is an all-time classic mm-hmm. and i'll sit down and watch it any old time day and be very happy Totally. Um, well, hey, just a couple of last things for tonight's episode, it looks like. Um, yeah, this, this Gnome's Great Adventure, I don't remember this. Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised. It, I think it was a <clears throat> uh, a show as part of the Nick Jr. lineup on Nickelodeon, something okay. aimed for younger kids. And I think I probably watched a little bit more of Nick Jr. than you did. Um, it was basically an animated show about the adventures of a little forest gnome, just kind of like you know, looked exactly like the garden gnomes you see with like the little pointy hat and whatnot. Okay. Okay. Um, Narrated by Sir Christopher Plummer. David, his name was David the gnome. That was the main character um, voiced by Tom Bosley, who I remember as the original sheriff on murder. She wrote. Yeah. Uh, Right. But the thing that's kind of disturbing looking back now, David, the gnome, this weird little animated show. It's one of like, it's one of the only, one of the two things that was actually um, directed by filmmaker and notorious sex criminal Harvey Weinstein. Really? And it's really disturbing now because I look back on some of those episodes and there's episodes where, 
you know, the Tom Bosley character, David the Gnome, will, you know, start his episode where he's basically talking to the TV audience and he's naked and in a bathtub and then like wearing this towel and it's really kind of disturbing. And that's totally from what I now know about Harvey Weinstein. I think that was kind of like his MO. You know what I mean? Like he would do that in real life, you know, to his victims and stuff. Yikes. So it's really weird. And it kind of, it kind of trips me out because it's like, nobody's talking about this it's kind of like we did an episode once where we talked about a paranormal tv show called sighting mm-hmm. and i kind of freaked out because it's like we live in a very conspiratorial age and it really shocked me that nobody ever noticed the fact that the host of the show sightings was a retired as a brigadier general in the united states air force reserve in charge of like air force information and propaganda and it, at the same time he's hosting a tv show on fox about ufo sightings right. and it's like, i'm like wait a second why is nobody out there drawing the connection between these two facts and i feel the same way about david the gnome actually but you know i mean it was just uh i don't have a lot to say about it just that it was a, actually a pretty good show it was kind of a fun um nice show it had great animation quality which is something i really miss from the 80s mm-hmm. um and you know there were just a couple a couple last uh, things about Nickelodeon. I really wanted to try to sneak into tonight's episode, not strictly speaking about specific TV shows on the on the on the network. Okay. Something that I totally forgot about. There was something called SNCC, mm-hmm. Saturday Night Nickelodeon, and it was sort of like an attempt to capture more of like the teen market, I guess. Sure. I don't remember watching SNCC, but I after looking at some of the ads for SNCC on YouTube, oh God, I remember those commercials so well. Same thing with some of the YouTube compilations that people have put together of the different Nickelodeon television bumpers, the weird kind of animated doo-wop singing kind of things. Um, there were weird, like, there were weird things on Nickelodeon. Like there was something called Dog Brain. Oh, yes, Dog Brain. And Dog Brain was, it was an animated thing, but it wasn't a TV show. It was it, just a short, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a short, like how at the Oscars, there's like animated short films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like three minutes long. It was super short. Dog. It, was, it was just about a dog dreaming and sleeping or something. Mm-hmm. So weird. That rings, that rings a big bell. And then I guess the last thing I have now is apparently in 1992, Nickelodeon buried a time capsule at their network headquarters in the state of Florida. Okay. Which contained a whole bunch of weird things, including a Nintendo Game Boy. All right. And it was it was aired on television. They like it was a big television production. And apparently this time capsule has been dug up and moved like a zillion times since 1992. Like apparently it was at the network headquarters which then closed so they had to move it so they moved it to this like really creepy rundown hotel in florida that was like a nickelodeon branded theme hotel oh jeez! but then like the hotel it either went out of business or it like just switched to being like a regular howard johnson or something so then they had to dig up the time capsule again and i guess they finally moved it to los angeles or something <laughs> which is just kind of because it's supposedly obviously going to be opened in like what 50 years or something like that yeah, we'll see. But it's this really bizarre thing where apparently it's filled with a lot of stuff that, you know, you and I would have remembered from our childhood, like, you know, package, packages of green slime and all sorts of kind of funky stuff. But oh, boy. 
kind of neat anyway. It almost it almost sounds like it might be cursed. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like some of the locations at which it's been buried. No, I know. It's like touching a time capsule before it's eight, it's due is seems like it'd be bad mojo or something. I don't know. Right? Oh, my gosh. That's weird. Jeez. We've really dug into some deep, deep memories tonight. Yeah. Yeah, we sure have. I've some that have been buried in my head for quite some time. Great. Yeah, totally. Holy smokes. Man. Well, folks, I really hope you've enjoyed this two part tribute to Nickelodeon. I hope that you got something out of these episodes. If you have any great memories of, of watching Nickelodeon, we'd sure love to hear from you and what some of your favorite shows were as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's stuff that we've forgotten. I'm sure there's stuff where it's like, Oh, there was this show. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Two parts for now. I think we're good. We're good. I don't think we could stretch it to three if we tried. Pretty light episode, right? Um, What do we? uh, What do we get? Assuming that there's going to be a next month on this planet, (laughs) uh, or electricity, uh, (laughs) uh, what? What what are we? What are we going to be talking about next month? Yeah, next month we are going to talk about some of our school memories, just from any point in time in our schooling between the '80s and the '90s. um, I guess. I guess this kind of makes sense because, well, school for a lot of people has become a remote learning thing <laughs> out of the classroom. And, you know, we are going to we're going to at least make an attempt to take you back into the classroom with our memories. Right. This Nostalgia Retro podcast is going to look back at something that doesn't exist anymore. Classrooms. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Preschool to high school, favorite teachers. Class- yeah really liked you know try to avoid you know um, yeah. I, I i'm kind of digging it i think it's going to be a good one so i hope you folks uh, tune in yeah definitely and and thank you again everyone for joining us this month i know it's a little later than we normally get it out but you know life's gotten weird right in the meantime though you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at memory serves pod you can follow me on twitter at blue box ufo and you can follow seb at clan mcmuffin that's right. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, heck, wherever you consume podcasts. Spotify, I know, has got a bunch on there, and we are right up there with them. Just search if memory serves. Please rate and review us as well. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And tell your friends that almost is more important to me than a rate and review. Spread the word. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud. That's soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. And you will see all the many, many shows that we have here on the network. Um, NOTLG.spreadshirt.com. Get yourself one of our awesome If Memory Serves shirts. And in this time, I would almost say it's more important to, you know, go support an artist who's doing good work. Go support a local business. Go support your local comic shop. Go support your local alehouse or whatever. Um, Because they are all struggling right now if you look at us and you're like hey i like what they're doing i want to pitch them a few bucks i'm not going to tell you no patreon.com slash notlg but by all means in this time of crisis take care of yourself take care of others don't feel like you necessarily have to take care of us but if you do we appreciate it um and with that uh you know i i think that's that's April for you. We'll we'll talk to you in a year, but it'll only be a month. It'll just feel like a year. Oh yeah. 
Well, stay safe, everybody. Yeah, definitely. Stay safe. Uh, be healthy. Hug your loved ones so long as you're six feet away from them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Hug your loved ones. And we'll talk to you next time. Good night. Good night, folks. Do we know if Larissa Oilyneck is married to Ben Stiller? Did you say Oilyneck? <laughs> <laughs>